0: I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest superpowers. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. I am Tracy Otsuka, and I want to welcome you to episode 46 of ADHD for Smart Ass Women. Today, I've invited Karen Prawl to our podcast. Karen is co owner and operator of six Keller Williams Realty locations in Illinois. These offices have over 900 agents and will have $2 billion in
1: closed volume this year. So, Karen, you are a smart ass. Oh, Tracy, you know it. So thank you for creating this outstanding group for me to feel like I have found my people.
0: You know, and I've got to tell the listeners what happened. So Karen is the only guest who I've ever invited who showed up in her car... (laughs) On her computer and we've had all kinds of audio problems. So we've switched over to zoom I normally record on Zencaster and I've got my fingers crossed that it's going to cooperate But you're well worth it. So thank you so much. I know how busy you must be
1: uh, i'm never too busy to appreciate what how people have helped me because your page tracy has made me feel so valid and normal and that I'm not crazy and I'm not living alone in this world. So I would do anything for this group.
0: Oh, that makes me feel so good. Thank you so much. So the first question I'm going to have for you is, how did you discover that you had ADHD?
1: Well, I knew when I was a child that I had ADHD because as a kid, every report card was the textbook report card. And I was a child of the 70s and 80s, and it was does not pay attention in class, disrupts others, gets bored easily. And I literally slid through school, and and I never enjoyed it. I had a miserable time in school, except for all the extracurricular activities, kept me engaged in school. And so I'm actually grateful I was never diagnosed, and I tried in my 20s to get diagnosed, and I just kept getting shut down by doctors. So finally, this year, when I was 45 years old, my doctor finally diagnosed me, but that was not an easy task either. Wow.
0: So are you saying then that even as a child, you knew what ADHD was and you already knew that, okay, this is what I have, but it was never a formal diagnosis, but
1: you knew? I knew something was different about me and I've had my same friendship since I was five years old. And as a kid, I would go to a sleepover or host a sleepover, and I would be up vacuuming at 8 a.m. <laughs> like, it was so atypical, and my friends would look at me like, what is wrong with you? And I was always very smart in trivia and useless knowledge, but they would always joke. My, and my, I just saw my best friend last weekend in Austin and said, you would have 31 conversations and for us to keep all of them straight. Was a task and I remember them saying this to me when I was eight years old in third grade Wow, so they were they telling you I think you've got adhd or
0: at that point was it you know that? Oh, yeah boys have that. I mean because it sounds like you're hyperactive, right? You're sure combined type And so you were it sounds like
1: you had the classic symptoms of adhd Yes, and I was never they never said oh my gosh, she's (laughs) you know has their medical diagnosis And what they did say is that, oh my God, she has so much energy all the time. Yeah. So I, I later on in life, I got into real estate and I had a psychiatrist as a client, which don't have a psychiatrist as a client when you're (laughs) in the car with them for hours on time, you know, hours on end. And I would joke, his name was Dr. Khan. And so I'd go, Dr. Khan, Dr. Khan, Dr. Khan, like as a joke. (laughs) and Like Chaka Khan? Yes, and he didn't understand it, but that was fine. <laughs> and I said to him one day, "Do not diagnose me in the car, like while we're spending time together." And he said, "I already have." <laughs> and I said, "Oh, what is it?" And he told me I was hypomanic, which, in formal di- like diagnosis or layman's terms, is I'm always happy, which is true. Mm-hmm. But I learned that I was actually just raised to be a performer. <laughs> if we want to go deep quick, yeah.
0: So tell me, so did Dr. Khan say it's ADHD?
1: No, he said it was, I was hypomanic. So that as long as I don't dip into a low depression, that would make me bipolar. Yeah. So it's like the high of the high. So I was like, okay, great. This is amazing.
0: I agree. (laughs) So tell me about your childhood in terms of, so now you've been formally diagnosed when you look back on your childhood, what were the things that you now see that you always wondered about and you're like, that's ADHD?
1: Everything, <laughs> everything, relationships, disruptive, like walking, changing subjects, not paying attention, walking away from a conversation, never finishing anything, big ideas, contagious energy in a way that people were attracted to and I was clumsy. I made a lot of mistakes. I had very low confidence, very low self-worth. And looking back, I don't know that I would change the fact that I didn't have a diagnosis because I used it, as you say, as a superpower. Mm -hmm. Like, where do I fit in this life that I can use my energy and stuff? And so obviously sales was a natural natural evolution for that. I was grateful that I wasn't treated, that I had a so-called disorder Mm -hmm. in school. I think I would have ended up differently.
0: Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, I think of my son who, when he was diagnosed, I knew nothing about ADHD, certainly didn't know I had it. And his therapist literally sat us down and said, your job is his parents, because he was super ambitious. He's like you, right? And me. But he didn't perform well in school and she sat us down and said your job as his parents is to reduce his expectations Like who the hell would tell the child that? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I agree with you So so did you actually struggle in school or you just weren't interested? And so you just
1: skated by both Okay, I what I wanted to learn. I was really good at Mm -hmm. If I didn't care Or I didn't do well I just did the bare minimum of whatever it was. I procrastinated all the time. I had no time management, right? Like no time management. And I grew up as the youngest of five girls. So as life wasn't chaotic enough with ADHD, being the youngest of five girls was pretty chaotic.
0: (laughs) And then social issues, was that a problem?
1: Yes and no. Yes, it was, as I was that annoying kid that I think every parent, you know, I walked in, they'd be like, oh God, Karen's here. And I also knew I could have a conversation with anybody. So that worked on my favor too. So what did you do after high school? I went to a local college, decided to play tennis, went on the tennis team, went to nationals. And then after that, I transferred to Ohio state out of state, Uh, went to school, then I worked in a restaurant group. Which Can I was, ask you? Yes.
0: Um, was college easier
1: for you than high school? Yes. And why do you think that was? I think it's because I got to decide what I wanted to do. Interest. I love that.
0: Okay. And then after college, you keep going and I'm not going to interrupt you. I have a horrible habit of doing that, don't I?
1: You're great. I well, excited. I do it too. We do. We get excited. So I worked for a restaurant group. And I would go around and open restaurants and it was like putting together an orchestra. And I loved it. And I was really good at it. What I realized through this is that I am very type A, which doesn't seem like it would fit with someone with ADHD. And I have to have my world very settled or I get really anxious. Mm -hmm. And I don't, from your research, from your son, a lot of value to add around that conversation that I'd love to know more about.
0: Well, There are people with ADHD, a lot of us, who are really driven. As long as we're in an area of interest, we are so hyper-focused all the time. And then we have tons of energy. I mean, you can see how we just kind of take over.
1: Yeah, that is a natural, and it always has been. And growing up, I felt like I was always hushed, right? And in life, like, oh gosh. And what really was, is now I identify it in other people when I'm looking to grow leaders, is it's talent pushing to do more. So I don't see it as a negative because of how I was treated growing up. And I know what the opportunities could look like if I bring that person in my world.
0: Wow. You know that comment that you just made, talent pushing to do more? It gave me goosebumps. It's, oh, good. It, that's exactly what it is. And I think we can feel that in ourselves, yet society is always kind of trying to tamp us down and you're too much and calm down. Mm-hmm. and
1: Yeah, I don't think I would have ever made it in a pageant world because of my personality. <laughs> like assimilating, you know, and I could probably play the game for about five minutes and then I would say something completely inappropriate at the wrong time.
0: From the restaurant business, how did you then make the transition
1: to real estate? Well, I was working and I realized I don't want to be a bartender at 40. Mm -hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It just, and I was in my early, late twenties, early thirties at this point. And I'd also been through a a divorce already. And I realized what do I want to do? Because my theme in life is a man is not a plan. (laughs) And so if I was going to create my greatest world, then what was I going to do to do it? And it wasn't going to be in restaurants. No offense, but no one gets wealthy working in a restaurant. So I had to make a change. So real estate was a natural fit for me because one, it's sales, which I loved. It's people, which I loved. And my mother is a realtor. My grandmother was a realtor. My sister's a realtor. And so it seemed like an absolute fit. And at the end of the day, I felt it was like the same job, just bigger tips. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's great. What is it about real estate that works for you? Like, how did you
1: know that would be the right place to go? Well, that's really interesting. I think when you realize that you are different in your thinking, in your entrepreneurial thinking, and to me, it's like, yes, it's possible, that real estate is awesome because there is no ceiling and you don't have a boss. And so that was probably super appealing to me. And I did really well. I was rookie of the year. I sold 34 homes my first year. I connected with everybody. There's not a stranger in my world. Relationships are super important to me. And and long-term relationships are very important to me. Well, except when I was dating, that wasn't important at all. (laughs) So I, I knew that that would probably be a natural fit. I was just a mess though around it. And what do you
0: mean you were such a mess around it?
1: Very disorganized. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't follow up on loose ends. Sense of urgency of doing things last minute. So my grandmother used to call me. My maiden name is Schmidt. And my grandmother would call me in a minute Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd put everything The thing everything is, off. though,
0: you would always come through, right? It might be at the last minute, but you would come through.
1: Oh, I'll get it done. Yeah. Uh, I'm very goal-driven. So you give me a goal, I will... I will get it. Well, except for dieting, Uh, I clearly am not that committed to it. So if if I have a goal that I believe in, then I don't miss when it comes to that. Mm -mm.
0: What I've noticed in, I don't know, this podcast and also in our group and just being around other women with ADHD, that so many of them are so petrified that someone might find out that they or their kids have ADHD. And I just love that you're so Mm -hmm. successful. But you're still so open about your adhd. I think you're exactly what younger women and girls with adhd You know, you're who they need to see because you're a symbol of what's possible And so my question for you is
1: have you always been this open about it? Well, i've always been an open person. So I realized my my, I know my three core values are integrity authenticity and abundance and I like to surround myself with those same people. So I realized those are the people in my world that make me happy. And I have a girlfriend and her name is Karina Loken. And Karina and her husband Lance have, if not in the top two or three in the entire world, real estate teams Mm -hmm. based out of Houston, Texas. And Karina is a very vulnerable, very authentic person. And I just was attracted to her immediately. So she and I have created this friendship over the past several, five, six, seven, 10 years. And she was in town in Chicago and we were having dinner, she and I. And she said, girl, go get diagnosed for ADHD. And I said, what? No, I am just hypomanic. I have high energy. My doctor told me I had anxiety. And she said, no, I finally got diagnosed and it changed my life. And I really trust her as a human. And so it was because of her authenticity and vulnerability is why I am free to speak about it because she is on a much bigger platform than I am. And she spoke about it so honestly, and she cared about me enough to say something. And that actually, that conversation triggered my entire future. And when I would go to my doctor and I'd say, I know I have ADHD, I know that I would like to try Adderall or Ritalin or something. And they would always say, you have anxiety, you have anxiety. So finally, my doctor said, she would give me Xanax prescription. Well, I don't want to lose my sparkle. Like taking a Xanax is not the answer for me because my, my personality and my talent has gotten me to where I am today. So dimming that wouldn't serve anybody. So I knew there was another answer and I just didn't know what it was. And so I, she went through the whole list of anxiety pills and I said, I've tried it, I've tried it, I've tried it, I've tried it. So she finally relented and tried me on Adderall and it was the smallest dose. And that first week I emailed her and I went up to her office and I cried in gratitude, like finally.
0: That is just so unbelievable. And we hear stories and stories and stories after stories about this, that all they want to do with women is say it's anxiety or it's depression. Often yes. they don't know what ADHD is or what it is. Yes. Looks like. That is amazing. So what you're saying is that your friend Karina was basi- she basically modeled the behavior that then you followed because you said, Okay, I'm gonna be authentic and I'm gonna talk about it too. And now I know there are listeners listening to you right now saying, Well, if she can be that successful and she can be that authentic and honest, I can talk about it too. I I I love
1: it. Love it. Well, what it's done for me internally. I have tears in my eyes and, and a lot of it is your group. So when I realized that this is very common for women in their mid forties, I'm now 46. Mm -hmm. And I told you initially six months ago, my ADHD worked for me until it turned and then it worked against me. And people around me were like, what's going on with you? Like you really, like, you've always been very distracted and doing six things at once. Like I'll drive a car make a carpool karaoke video, have a conference call, text someone with three dogs in the backseat. Like everybody knows me that I am like an octopus. And yet I was losing valuable relationships because of how I was showing up. And so that's when I realized this is a problem. And I really fought for myself because no one's gonna do it for me. And Tracy, when I was a child, I used to tell people all the time, I am missing synapses in my brain. (laughs) I can remember saying that, you know, probably sixth grade on. And what I now know with ADHD in the brain, I'm like, holy cow, I knew it. I knew it. And yet I didn't know it. And now what this has done is you have a podcast or a post about ADHD and alcohol. Yeah, And how it copes. And what I realized is two things from this diagnosis and getting the proper medication is that one, I don't need to finish the workday and rush to go have a drink to shut my brain off. I've removed that entire, one, it's expensive. Two, it's not healthy. And three, it's destructive. Right. So to be able to realize how much I was using alcohol because all I wanted to do was shut my brain off.
0: I think the other thing too, Karen, and I know we've, we've talked about this. I'm now it's coming back to me that when you first joined the group, we kind of had a conversation about this. Once you reach your mid forties, if you go to your doctor and you say, you know what, there's something really wrong. The first thing they're going to do is they're going to pat you on the head and they're going to say, honey, it's hormones. (laughs) Yep. They won't go beyond that. And you know, the cognition, I mean, we definitely, we suffer with, you know, some of our, you know, we get cognitive deficits because of, paramenopause and menopause. But then on top of that, dopamine is affected by estrogen. So if our estrogen goes down, because I had the same experience you had, I was firing just fine until my mid-40s. And then all of a sudden, everything fell off the rails. And I think that we are high-functioning ADHDers, but once that estrogen dips even further, suddenly we can't cope.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay, so... I get the sense, but if you could answer this question directly, I think you kind of spoke to it. I'm curious if you believe that you're successful because of your ADHD rather than in spite of it. And can you talk a bit about that?
1: Oh, I'd love to. 100%. So I find that people with ADHD, they're interesting. They have a lot to say. They have opinions they're authentic because that's just how they know who to be. And when I'm getting in relationship with people, there is a law of attraction that I believe happens. And I love entrepreneurial people. I love big thinkers and I find that's kind of who I attract. Like my relationship with Karina, I met her. I liked her not knowing later on, you know, that she was going to be diagnosed with ADHD. And so All the friends in my world that I talk to now about this saying, I think you should talk to your doctor. Not that I can go around diagnosing people, but I've realized I love being around them. And so getting in sales and not being afraid and being fearless and moving from one thing to the next quickly has been an awesome benefit.
0: I can completely relate to that. In fact, the joke is, you know, to my close friends that hang around me a lot, I'm always looking at them going, I'm telling you, if you're around me, you've got the same thing because I'm attracted to you. That's right. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to assume that perhaps you have a few weaknesses and I'm wondering if you could share with us if you've developed workarounds for
1: those weaknesses and what some of those workarounds might be. Well, I am in coaching. I have two coaches. Uh, I have a business coach and I have an entrepreneurial coach and they both hold me accountable in different areas of my life because I have to have it. I have to be very careful about time management. I run by a very strict calendar, as do you, I know. And so that helps me a lot. My weaknesses, my biggest weakness is something that I call emotional wake. Mm. And that's when I move so quickly and I say whatever is on the tip of my tongue and I don't realize who I've injured or hurt along the way. And so what have you done, knowing that this is something you struggle with, to
0: shore that up so it happens less?
1: I really work on reacting versus responding. I always want to respond, not react. So breathing exercises, counting in my head. I have a, an acronym called WAIT, which is why am I talking? <laughs> I think about a lot. <laughs> I'm trying to use that right now, Karen. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I I physically sit on my hands (laughs) when I want it because I want to interrupt and I want to bring value and I want to look at me, pay attention. I have something to say, and and so I emotional intelligence is really important to me. I found that I was very emotionally immature, so really working on that side of my brain has helped me a lot.
0: I want to tell our listeners that you have a podcast called The Messy Empire,
1: and I'd love to know why you started it and who it's for. Well, the crazy thing is, is it started because AJ, who's my director of technology in our company, and I shared an office. And he he would just listen to me all day. And I told you, I mentioned to you prior this, this podcast that I have three or four pairs of AirPods. Because I talk so much during the day, I run through them. (laughs) And I figure uh, one thing I think we're really good at is hyper-efficiency. I think that is an amazing skill of someone with ADHD. I think that is a talent that we don't talk about enough. Explain what that is. Uh, We think of the smartest, quickest, fastest way to get something done. So why would I want to wait and charge another battery when I could just get another pair? and keep it, keep it going. If that's what works for you. Mm -hmm. Like I just, everything I do is just try to make it a little bit better. So, so my podcast was created because AJ then was moved out of my office onto another project and he wanted coaching with me. So he brought a creative way to be in my world and he decided it was going to be through a podcast, which has totally worked. I had no idea what it would do. And it's, been super fun. Like, you know, you've been doing your podcast for quite a while now and you don't even recognize who you can impact and impact is my greatest goal. And so that's why I love sharing the story and just being authentic of like, my life is a complete shit show. However, if I get to build other people every single day, that's what fills my bucket.
0: Wow. And so who would you say your ideal audience is for your podcast? Because I don't think you created it specifically for realtors and broker associates, right? No. Mm-mm.
1: Well, that was the original. That I, would, I thought that was my only audience, right? Because that's what that's the world I've been in for 20 mm-hmm. years. But really, it's for entrepreneurial. It's for big thinkers. It's to get people to think differently. And so it's been quite a journey to put. Into words, what's always been in my head, and maybe for yourself too, it is therapeutic. It really is.
0: I mean, I think I get more, I definitely think I get more than I give because it's also validating, right? That there yes. are people who you are able to impact their life every single day. There's something so fulfilling about that. Right, right. So, my question, my big question is you called it the messy empire. And I want to know, does that in part refer to your ADHD and maybe
1: embracing your weaknesses, shoring them up so that you can focus on your strengths? Yes. And I just wrote an article for my company based on this. I realized I am 46 years old. I am too old and I've worked too hard to go try to fix what is called broken because nobody's broken. So nobody needs fixed. And it's, what am I good at? What's my strength? What's my lane? And how do I capitalize on it? Not just financially, but on my time, because that's what I'll enjoy doing. And so if I could have gone back to my prior self and said, Karen Schmidt, you're 20 years old, what are you really good at? People, networking, connecting, and relationships, I would have probably taken a different route. So I, I joke about one of my episodes about the movie, Rudy. And I said, that movie is crap. Like the parents are like, yeah, kid, you have no future, but I want you to go spend five years failing and keep going. And you have no future in this. So that's awesome. (laughs) I'm like, what a terrible example. I agree. I totally agree. That's great. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And it's so funny because my kids love that movie and I have never been able to sit through it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like why? This is terrible. To teach a kid, like, yeah, you have no talent. Go do that for five Sadly years. Sadly,
0: though, Karen, that's what we do every day to our kids, right? Right. We have these, like, this idea of, okay, this is who you should be because your grandfather was that or your father was that or that's what's acceptable by socii- you know, from society. And we never look at them personally and say, no, wait a minute. Now, who are you first? right. Okay. So in closing, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I'm so grateful that you were here and you're sharing your knowledge with us. The last question I have for you is, do you have any other advice to a woman of any age who's sitting here listening to us right now who feels that she's not living to her full potential?
1: Oh, that's a really big question. And so I have a couple comments around that. My first thing would be fight for yourself and stay who you are and understand what it is that you have to prove, because that's when you really stop giving a crap. And if you know in your gut that something is not quite as it should be, and it doesn't mean you're not right, it just means you haven't fully understood how you get your highest and best use, then keep fighting until you get the answer. And your your forums, your uh, newsletter, your podcast, your Facebook group, is changing the world one woman at a time. And so I think it just keeps sharing the message of you're not broken because there's nothing to fix.
0: And, and that, oh, you give me goosebumps. Gum, blah, blah, blah. You give me goosebumps. And you even make me lose my words because that is the thing that I think all women with ADHD need to hear. I have never met anyone with ADHD who wasn't brilliant at something. But if you're in the wrong environment, how will you ever know what you're brilliant at? Ah, oh, I love that, Karen. <laughs> it's perfect. Oh, thank you. Good. Thank you so much for sharing your ADHD successes with us today. Is there anything special that you're working on that you want to tell us about? Or is it basically go check out your podcast?
1: Podcast you and... um you know, just you keep doing what you're doing and let me know how I can show up bigger for you. And thank you for everything you're doing because you have blessed my world this year.
0: Oh, well, thank you again. You were such an inspiration to everyone, but especially to women with ADHD. So, That's what I have for you this week. As always, you're listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. If you like this episode with Karen, please let us know by leaving us a review. My goal, our goal, is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work and discover their amazing strengths. Your reviews, they really do help in that regard. Also, if you have a comment, a guest you'd like me to interview, or a topic idea for this podcast, you can go to my website at tracyoutsuka.com and leave me an audio message or reach out to me at tracy at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. If you liked what you heard, we sure would appreciate a review. And not coincidentally, ADHD for Smart Ass Women? Well, that's also the name of our free Facebook group. Go look it up. We're a totally smart ass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. We'd love to have you join us. You can also find all my details over at tracyoutsuka.com. Don't forget, I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.